0: It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network.
1: And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located in on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by our 24 hours, 7 7-day-a-week Billy C. Boxing Channel, uh, which is... Uh, the heck was that? Uh, which uh, is available right now on all the major um, streaming devices. Uh, all you got to do uh, is visit ginikousa.com, uh, g-i-n-i-k-o-usa.com, and uh, sign up for an account. Enjoy it on uh, Roku and all the other major uh, streaming uh, services. Today's show is also being brought to us in part. Uh, by the title bout championship computer game. If you're looking for a simulation game where you can put today's stars against yesteryear's stars, uh, download a copy right now. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. Check it out, www.southerngourmetspice.com. Make sure you get a bottle of Kenny Bear's uh, right now and finally today's show is being brought to us in part by my book Tom Molino: from bondage to baddest men on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this very show just visit bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com uh, or if you want a signed copy just visit the website billycboxing.com or drop me an email billy at talking that's t-a-l-k-i-n D-O-X-I-N-G dot com. All right. Uh, Didn't, uh, weren't able to do a show last week, and I apologize for uh, not announcing it, but we got hit with this big storm and uh, had lost power for uh, almost two days in the freezing cold. Uh, It was was just terrible, Uh, but uh, we're back better than ever. Uh, We're going to Break down and give you our predictions on the big fight next week, the heavyweight title fight between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, the rematch, if you will. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Um, it's an anticipated fight uh, for sure. Some weird stuff uh, has come out about the fight. Uh, one of the weirdest things was what I heard last night. We'll be talking about the uh, um, uh, Caleb uh, Plant victory uh, and. Um, you know, Caleb Plant uh, looked good last night, uh, but one of the things, I, and I I try not to listen too much to the commentators, but I happen to like um, Brian Kenny and also um, uh, my man uh, Lennox Lewis. Uh, he does a great job uh, with uh, broadcasting, for sure. I'm not so crazy about Goosem, but uh, in any event, during the broadcast, they mentioned, which I haven't seen anywhere else, they mentioned that Tyson Fury was planning on coming in heavy, 275 pounds. I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Uh, He wanted more power. Uh, To me, I mean, the guy averaged throughout his career about 250 pounds. Um, I think the heaviest he's been is like 265. Um, I wonder why he would do that. I mean, one of the things about Tyson Fury that, that makes him um, you know, an interesting fighter for his size Is the fact that he can box, he can move, he can avoid punches um, I, I've seen him get tired but get that second wind I mean, carry an extra, uh, approximately 25 pounds uh, That could be, uh, that could spell uh, some problems for him, I would think uh, But uh, anyway um, Some fights last night uh, that I wanted to uh, talk about real quickly. Um, uh, Caleb Plant, uh, or Caleb, uh, Klieb, uh I think uh, they prefer, they refer to his name as, as Caleb. Uh, Plant improved to 20-0 with 12 knockouts uh, when he pretty much had his way with uh, uh, Vincent uh, fagan uh with a 10th-round uh, knockout, 2 minutes and 23 seconds, uh, to give him his twelfth uh, knockout and his twentieth win uh, looked way bigger um, than the German fighter um, had a really snappy jab. It just it looked like two different weight classes, minimally. Um, you know, uh, as far as uh, uh, Fegan Butz, um, I thought that uh, you know he, he gave a valent um, or gallant uh, you know effort um but just didn't have the skill set uh one other thing I I noticed about the commentating which I don't normally listen to uh but they hit it right on the head when they said he's not moving his head and although he had the the that cover-up style that that reminds me so much of uh Arthur Abraham style with the German fighters just covering up their their face so you can't really get a solid shot in no head movement zilch and um uh, Mr. Plant was able to plant plenty of jabs, solid jabs, uh, on his opponent to get the win. Uh, on the undercard, Abel Ramos improved to 26-3 and three with uh, two draws and 20 knockouts. When he knocked out uh, Bryant Perella uh, in the uh, uh, final round, in the final minute of the final round, 2 minutes and 59 seconds, uh, Perella drops to 17 and three. He was winning. He was dominating this fight. Uh, I mean, even not only on my card, but all, all the three judges had him way ahead. Two of them had it 88, 83. one had it 87, 84. Yes, he would have uh, uh, you know possibly not um, have uh, survived the round. Maybe he goes down again. He was dropped twice in the final round, but uh, I totally disagree with Jack Reese. Uh, stop in this fight Uh, they should have given him uh, the chance he he was hurt Uh, there's no question about it he did respond quickly to the referee um, and he did stagger a little his legs looked a little wobbly and I know that's why Jack stopped the fight but when you have a fighter winning um, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt if he didn't respond um, well uh, but then again, you know, Reese was in the ring with him. Maybe there was something in his eyes. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of a, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's a, I guess better safe than sorry. But uh, I really thought they should have given him uh, a little more uh, on that. But uh, uh, And finally, the third fight that we got to see, uh, Diego Magladeño improved to 32 wins and three losses when he won a unanimous uh, 10-round decision over Austin Duley who drops the second fight of his career. He's now 13-2, 97-91, and 96-92 uh, twice with a thwe- the way the three judges scored that one. Um, on Friday night, on uh, Valentine's Day, uh, Ryan Garcia improved to 20-0 and 0 with 17 knockouts when he knocked out Francisco Fonseca uh, brutally uh, with, a, with a shot that, Knocked this guy out cold. His eyes were open. He just laid flat on his back. One minute and 20 seconds of the first round. Uh, You know, uh, Garcia's definitely looking good. Um, uh, You know, his last two fights were against decent opposition, including this one, that he blew them away uh, very quickly. Um, Here's the problem, though. Also on the card in the co-main event was Jorge Linares who uh, stopped his opponent, Carlos Morales, who uh, wasn't too surprised that he stopped Morales uh, with a fourth-round knockout, two minutes and nine seconds of the fourth round. Uh, and Linares has improved to 47 wins, five losses, 29 of his wins coming by knockout. Uh, Morales drops to 19 wins, five losses, and four draws, eight uh, wins by knockout. This is why I say here's the problem for Garcia because this sets up a match against Linares sometime over the summer, this is going to be a huge uh, step up in, in opposition uh, for uh, Ryan Garcia. Uh, now, granted, Linares is, is on the tail end of his career. There's no question about that. Uh, but if, uh, if Garcia demolishes uh, Linares uh, the way he has in his, his opponents in his last two fights, I guess you got to give him the, the credit that he's demanding. Uh, now, the thing I will say about Linares, if you jump on him quickly, he's been down many times, several times, I should say, not many, but several times throughout his career, but has gotten up and, uh, and recovered. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, where, uh, where this fight goes, uh, should everything work out the way, uh, the way they want um, so uh, they're already talking about that um one other thing I wanted to mention real quick uh was the you know Canelo Alvarez Golden Boy Promotions and and Canelo Alvarez uh have already secured uh the Cinco de Mayo weekend for uh Canelo's next fight in Las Vegas uh hopefully uh, I'll be there again uh for his uh for his fight um but uh um, uh, the problem is that nobody wants to fight him. It, it was reported uh, a couple of weeks ago that they were trying to um, set up the, uh, the fight with the Japanese uh, middleweight champ, Murata, uh, and um, it fell through. Negotiations broke off, and, and it, was de- it was just basically tossed in the garbage. Um, it came out earlier this week that Callum Smith turned down the fight as well. Now, Oscar De La Hoya is calling him an idiot, um, which I agree with. It, it, it's, it's a winnable fight for Callum Smith. Um, and, you know, uh, rumor has it it was over the money. But from what I understand, it was no less than a $10 million offer, um, probably twice as much as Callum Smith has ever made uh, in a fight more than twice as much now his promoter uh, Eddie Hearns said uh, we turned down the first offer we don't necessarily not want to fight this guy well according to Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya uh, they gave him one offer and they're moving on and they're nervous to even mention another fighter's name because every time uh, the word gets out that Canelo is considering them as an opponent they try to, you know, beef up the, the price. Um, it was also kind of discussed uh, last night that Billy Joe Saunders was offered a fight with Canelo, and he too turned it down. Uh, the ten to they say between ten and twelve million. The actual offer has not been uh, publicized, but uh, according to inside sources, um, the offer the the package deal was worth between 10 and $12 million for both fighters. They both turned it down uh, looking for, for more money. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, $10 million is, is hard to leave on the table, um, especially when, when you're in a winnable fight. Now, I, I think the fight was more winnable for Callum Smith than it was for Billy Joe Saunders, um, but, uh, but I'm shocked. I'm shocked um so could we possibly see Canelo Alvarez and uh uh Caleb Plant in May, May 2nd. Uh it's leaning towards that. Now remember he gave up his uh his middleweight, I mean uh, light heavyweight belt, which I I thought he shouldn't have. Uh I actually thought that um Canelo should have should have kept that uh title. Uh, to be honest with you um you know i i, I thought it was uh, a, a better uh weight for him in my opinion uh he looked uh uh way better uh at least to me uh he looked uh, uh way better in that fight at that weight um than uh you know uh, what i've seen I- even in the middleweight division um and speaking of middleweight division i, I the the uh, Sergio Martinez fight just popped into my head uh, with uh, Canelo. And I, and I saw somewhere that uh, there's talk that he's coming out of retirement. He's in his 40s now, 45 years old. And uh, it, it, rumor has it he's coming out of retirement. I think he's been out for at least five years. Uh, coming out of retirement uh, to fight again? Uh, it shocks me. It shocks me to uh, to think that. But uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, still looking for an opponent for Cinco de Mayo. Don't be surprised if the Callum Smith negotiation gets reopened. That is a big fight, big money fight, uh, and it's a fight that uh, we all want to uh, uh, see. Uh, but the big fight that we want to talk about and uh, start to break down is the one coming up this weekend, uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. It's the rematch. The first fight was exciting. Uh, I felt that Tyson Fury won that fight despite being knocked down twice. Uh, joining us right now to get his thoughts and predictions and breakdowns uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy
2: C. And I hope you and everybody's doing well today.
1: Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing well. It's a little cold here. What's the weather you got down in Georgia? Well, it was 80 degrees yesterday.
2: 80 degrees? It was unfair.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having uh, some problems hearing you. Are you there, Sal?
2: Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can hear you. But what do you think of the uh, uh, Wilder Fury? Has you, have you changed any thoughts on that fight? Well,
2: I'll tell you, I, I, they, they are putting on a series where you can watch them both train and uh, follow their progression, and I. Big guy, they're both big guys. What I saw the other day from
1: uh, Tyson Fury. Sal, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a shout back. I can't even hear you, so I'm gonna give you a shout okay. back. Um, we're having uh, we're having some trouble uh, uh, with Sal, so let me uh, let me get him uh, let me get him back uh, on the line here uh, because uh, I I couldn't hear him. I thought it was maybe on our end, but uh, uh, we'll see if we can get a a better connection. Uh, from my man Sal, um, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, uh, on the Wilder fight. Are you there, Sal?
2: Yes, is that better. Oh
1: yeah, that's way better, way better. I, I didn't know what was going on with uh, uh, with with that connection before. I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything you said. So uh, we were talking about the uh, rematch between uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Um, I know we've talked about it uh, plenty here uh, in in the last few weeks. Uh, has anything changed with your opinion? How do you see this fight going? Well,
2: I'll tell you what. I, I, I I'm watching a series where they're showing each other training and uh it's a pretty good little series. And you know, I, I made some comments in, to you for from a text, you know, I saw that uh Tyson Fury was training probably harder than he's ever done in his life. And he looked, he looked like he was doing strength training to increase his power and his delivery overall. So I, I started saying to myself, boy, I'll tell you, this guy's looking ready for Deontay, and I hope Deontay does his thing with that, uh, punching power. And, uh, you know, and that's just it, though. Yeah, I, I still feel that, that Deontay Wilder is going to knock him out. And uh, I I don't see it going the distance, and I think that Deontay Wilder should probably knock him
1: out by the eighth round. Now, I wasn't watching uh, the series you're referring to, and yeah, I, I did get your text about that. Um, did let me ask you something? Did did they say anything about Tyson Fury's weight and what he's shooting for to to come in on weight? Uh, you said he looked stronger. Um. Did he look fatter? I mean, is he putting on muscle weight? Uh, because they
2: no. They... He's, yeah, he's, he's putting on muscle weight, and uh, you know he's doing it right. He's taking his time. He's building himself up. He, I'll tell you what. What I saw in his body. Yeah, he definitely, uh, definitely lost a few pounds, and, and is more defined as a fighter. He looks like he has more of a fighter's build, and. uh you know, he he uh, he impressed me. You know, you even see a little bit of abs, and uh, which I'm sure he hasn't seen in years. <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you, he he had me starting to, to doubt my own words a little bit. But then again, you know, we'll see when the bell rings. That's when all the truth is revealed, and. uh
1: i i had s i had heard on the uh on the fight broadcast last night that um that they said that he that tyson fury said that he plans on coming in around two seventy 270, two seventy five uh which would be the heaviest of his career the the uh previous uh um you know uh weight that he the heaviest he's ever walked in to the ring was two seventy six that was after his three year layoff when he looked uh, pretty uh pretty heavy uh for sure uh in his last fight he was 254 so uh, i mean to put on 20 pounds whether it be muscle or not don't you think that that would uh hurt his longevity his his wind well
2: it, it may it depends on how it was put on i mean he could do it you know in a fashion like we've seen some other heavyweights in the past or smaller heavyweights have put on weight, like Michael Spinks. It's classic case. You know, he had a trainer, and they put literally muscle on Michael Spinks' body to get him out of the middleweight and light heavyweight range to make him a full-fledged heavyweight. And uh, you know, I, I think that's the fast, that's the kind of approach I think Tyson Fury's camp is shooting for and uh, you know I I can't wait to see this fight I'm telling you I really I'm still not wavering I still think that uh, Deontay Wilder is going to knock him out but uh, I think Tyson Fury is going to leave a positive impression
1: on his performance you know um, the guy that comes to mind you mentioned Michael Spinks uh, but the guy that comes to mind for for putting on the weight the right way, and he he ended up turning into uh, obviously a full fledged uh, heavyweight was Evander Holyfield. Um, you know, oh yeah. He, you know, he put on muscle and and never seemed to lose uh, his hand speed. His he gained punching power. Uh, but the most remarkable thing I always remembered about Evander Holofield was his recovery power. Um, I've never s- have seen a fighter. Uh, like him, who w- would be in so much trouble, and then all of a sudden, if he gave him three or four seconds, uh, God forbid you give him, you know, more than that. If you gave him eight seconds, the guy's hundred percent. He's like a video game, you know. They pumping extra power back into the guy. It was remarkable his recovery power. Um, you know, Tyson Fury, you have to give some credit in that uh, area as well uh since he you know even got up from that uh second knockdown that uh Deontay uh, laid on him uh you know I thought he was never going to get up uh I wouldn't have even been shocked if the referee waved it off immediately but to Tyson Fury's credit he got up and actually started to dominate the end of that round uh so I, you never know with this guy and and it is going to be an interesting fight. Um, My other question to you, you know, we've talked a lot about this matchup. Do you feel that Deontay Wilder is going in for the – I mean, Tyson Fury is saying he's going to knock him out in two. Do you think that Deontay Wilder's game plan will be the same as it was in the first fight, basically going in there to knock him out?
2: Well, you and I have always referred to Tyson Fury as a one-trick pony. And uh, I don't know how he's going to change his – is
1: approach to a Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Yes.
2: Okay. I I don't see how he's going to change too much of his game plan. I mean, we we know what he's capable of, and, and I, I think we're going to see some power that's uh unquestionable from from uh. That Wilder, I think that punching power is going to reveal, you know, more of his arsenal and uh, getting in his wheelhouse. And I think the punches are going to just be ripping in. And uh, I think they're going to probably be a little more concentrated to the body this time. And uh, and of course, if he hits him correctly in the body, the hands will. Drop lower, and the defense will, will, will uh, take
1: on the big Tyson Fury. What's your um, what's your official prediction, Sal? I predict Deontay Wilder knockout of Tyson Fury in the eighth round. Eighth round knockout, Deontay Wilder retains his title. Yep. Yep. Should I run to Vegas and uh, throw some bucks on that or what? Yeah, you'll be broke. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> what are the odds right now? Oh, you know what? I haven't even had a chance to look. I haven't even had a chance to look. I, I would think that the odds on this fight are, uh, are pretty close. I-, I mean, you got a skilled fighter against a power puncher. I mean... Uh, um, you know, we all saw the first fight, and, and it was an exciting fight, and it was close. I mean, uh, I felt that uh, Tyson Fury won the fight despite being dropped twice. But uh, we'll be looking at it next week, and we'll be talking post-fight. So uh, we'll be looking forward to your uh, your thoughts on that one, my man. Yeah, let me ask you, who's televising it? It's a pay-per-view and uh we'll be going uh, live uh next uh week right after the fight so we'll be doing the show uh a little uh, little earlier than than normal but so we'll be doing a post fight show immediately following the uh, announcement of the winner so uh uh next well, week Well that's
2: good. I, I I'll
1: look forward to that. That's going to be really good. I like that. All right, my so, man. Uh, we we'll, we'll be talk uh, we we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you right after the fight next week, brother. You got it, brother. Thank you, and, and thank everybody. on Billy C. Show. I appreciate the opportunity, and we will talk next week. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. That's my man, Thanks Sal everybody. Rocky Senacola, giving us his thoughts uh, on the fight, and uh, we will uh, uh, we'll be getting uh, uh, Dax Khan's uh, uh, opinions um, coming up uh, here next. Uh, and then we're scheduled to have uh, Alex Papali and uh, even uh, even Emily Harney uh, to join us so uh, don't uh, don't go anywhere but uh, but first uh, I want to remind everybody um you know you hear me talking uh all the time uh, about uh, uh you know my my man uh, Kenny and his uh uh you know Well, originally I used to call it his main stuff was the Kenny Bears Barbecue Rub. I'm I'm like addicted to this stuff. But they came out with two new uh, uh, items uh, for uh, Southern Gourmet Spice. uh, And one is an all-purpose seasoning, uh, seasoning salt. It's really good. Uh, But my new favorite is the blackened uh, uh, seasoning uh, it's got a kick to it, and uh, and, and I love it. I, I had gotten a bottle, and, and I'm almost done with it already. I, it's just like the Kenny Bears, where you put it on everything, and uh, it makes it taste better. So make sure you get yourself a bottle. Uh, visit SouthernGourmetSpice.com, and make sure you tell him Billy C. sent you. I also want to give a shout-out to my man, uh, Joel, who uh, hooked us up with a Super Chat, and I appreciate that. Uh, this time, uh, normally, Joel... Uh, has uh, a comment uh, and uh, he came up with a one a little too late so hopefully Sal's still listening and uh, Joel uh, uh, wanted to make sure that uh, Sal knew uh, that he said uh, hello uh, and uh, um, he actually uh, Joel hooked us up with two super chats. He must have hit the lotto yesterday Uh, but uh, Joel, my man Joel, I I appreciate that uh, fully brother Um, and Sal if you're listening uh, Joel wanted to make sure uh, he said hello to you, Sal. Uh, joining us right now is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Billy. How you doing, my man? Oh, you sound you sound great. You sound like you're. I had a look right behind me. I thought you were sitting next to me. It sounds perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> you, you good. Headshot. Yeah, it sounds sounds good. Makes a big difference, man. So uh, anyway, before we get into the uh, Tyson Fury stuff, what was your thoughts? Uh, Of the fights uh, last night Um, Go ahead, you give me your thoughts
0: Um, Well, for the main event You know, the Caleb Plant and Vincent Feigenbutz fight You know, Caleb Plant looked like Caleb Caleb Plant And same can be said about Feigenbutz Um, You know, Plant You know, he seems to have all the skills Um, He's got a great jab You know, he's got very fast hands He's got nice combinations He's got solid footwork But, you know, so far pretty much all his opponents have had that same style, including, you know, Jose Uzzucatui, which you have to give a pass. I mean, you know, uh, Jose was the the champion at the time, and of course, it uh, doesn't matter, you know, you're fighting for the title, but since then, look at uh, Mike Lee, um, you know, uh, Butts last night, uh, Porky Medina, you know, they're all kind of um, one-dimensional, you know, plotting guys who apply a lot of pressure, but they're not very versatile, and of course, that makes a plant look sensational. So, um... You know, really what to make of him, I don't know. He seems to have the goods, but, again, you know, the right opponents can make, you know, a a marginal fighter look like a great fighter, and we're not really going to know anything about him until he's actually in there and he's tested against the guy on that next level.
1: Well, hold that thought for a second because I, I, I wanna, I'm going to bring him back into the uh, uh, conversation here in a second. But did you think Jack Reese was correct in waving off the uh, – the Ramos uh, Perello fight. I, I mean, I know Perello Pire- did have that, you know, that 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 stomping of the foot where his his legs weren't fully under him after the second knockdown. But there was less than a minute to go in that fight, and he was winning uh, on my scorecard and the judges' scorecards. Am I wrong to think Jack Reese, wh- who normally lets these guys go at it, um, did you see something more than I did?
0: I um. I've had this conversation about five times since last night. Um, you know, California was the first one to adopt that rule where they want you to—they want the referee to tell the fighter, to, you know, to step to the left a little bit, to step to the right a little bit. I believe it's—you know—the referee; it's their job to try and get that done quick as possible, not extend a—you know—a ten seconds into a fifteen seconds. Um, you know, which can't always happen. But what I don't like is the fact that as we start seeing more referees do this, because I've seen other referees besides Jack Reese do this, what's being abandoned, Bill, is looking into the fighter's eyes. Now, Brian Perella last night, yeah, you know, he got buzzed, um, that first knockdown, and then, you know, the second one. But um, he wasn't really overly hurt. If you watch it again and you look at his eyes, you know, he, he looked pretty um, pretty there. And that step right there, that was more or less, uh, I guess you can call it like a stutter step, you know, his... his um, his um, foot kind of hit the canvas the wrong way. You know, he did like a little uh, misstep right there. It's not like his knees gave out or buckled or he was really unsteady on his legs. So, no, that, that, that was a bad call. You know, in a way, you want to say, yes, it was the right call because he appeared to be um, not steady on his legs. But again, because Jack Reese didn't really see exactly how that little misstep happened. Um, you know, it's kind of like when a fighter hits low, but the other guy doesn't get that advantage because the ref didn't see it. And the ref is just, you know, telling him, telling the guy, uh, the one guy who's hitting low to keep his gloves up. You know, so it, it's a big flaw in that, definitely. So I think uh, Perella was winning very comfortably. I only had, um, I think I gave Abra Ramos maybe two rounds. So, yeah, that, that was a tough loss for Perella. And hopefully um, Jack Reese doesn't make that mistake again.
1: You know, uh, uh, was it California that adopted? I thought New York did. I thought New York was no, no, one. No, no. Of
0: them. New York adopted stopping the fight after every punch to look in the guy's eyes.
1: And <laughs> no, Kay, I know. And then
0: uh, give him the uh, sobriety test.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I know they got a little. Great. And they have nine doctors in each corner too. But uh, <laughs> you know, they they get a you get a whole uh, plethora of opinions. Uh, but uh, for some reason, I thought New York was the one that made them go. Man, uh, man. I mean, Bill.
0: It's safety first. Let's you know. Yes, this is a hurt. This is a hurt business. But uh, again, we don't want anybody getting um, permanently uh, injured, or you know, God forbid, worse. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had. I mean, the last couple of years, rather. I'm sorry. We've had you know quite a few tragedies in the ring. So maybe um, this kind of died down, uh, you know, a little bit after uh, you know these shock factors and stuff like that. You know, um, you know, kind of passed by.
1: No, yeah, it's a good point. Um, Ryan Garcia. Uh, destroyed another decent opponent in Francisco Fonseca uh, in the fight uh, on Friday night, uh, devastating punch, uh, and Jorge Linares, uh, ex- you know, scored a fourth round knockout over his sacrificial lamb, which sets up a fight between those two sometime in the summer. I think this is a good fight, and and, I'm, and, and I think Garcia. I'd be shocked if Garcia dominates Linares. Now, Linares is at the, the, the tail end of his career, and he has been down early in fights before. What's your thoughts of this matchup?
0: Um, I think it would be a good matchup. You know, Linares looked good against Morales. You know, of course, uh, Morales was there to help make Linares look good. Um, I think uh, people were really shooting Linares down, you know, Pretty pretty much putting a nail in the coffin on his career, more or less, after that loss to Canal. But, you know, Canal has been a spoiler for quite a few guys. That was a weight class that Linares um, isn't naturally in. Um, So, you know, really nothing to be told about that loss. And like you said, Linares has been down early quite a few times. Now, as far as uh, Ryan Garcia goes, I don't know what to make of the kid. You know, I'm a fan of the kid. You know, I, I like him. But, you know, so far he really hasn't had any resistance. Um, Andre Ward made a comment not too long ago that has been circulating around talking about how, um, you're not doing fighters, especially you know, these young fighters, any favors by not testing them as they go and just giving them these opponents that they always look sensational against. And while Ryan Garcia has been beating and dominating some really good opponents, he hasn't had any resistance, and um. I don't know if uh, Linares is even the guy that uh, could offer him that resistance. I would see that you know either uh, Garcia would look sensational in that fight or uh, Garcia would end up folding early on. You know, it, it, it's a good fight, but you know, Ryan Garcia. I wish that um, there were some more people in the sport like uh, you know the Darnell Boons or Sirius Alitos that you know can help really build this kid and give this kid some sort of adversity before he steps up like that considering, you know, boxing bill is the one-and-done sport, one loss, and all of a sudden you're yesterday's news, and I think Ryan Garcia has the potential to be a superstar.
1: Yeah, and I listen, we've been talking about, um, you know, handing these guys cupcakes uh, for years, you know, so I mean – um, it doesn't help, and and we've said it many many times. You know, you need to, in order to get better, you need to fight better opposition. End of story. I mean, it's just like any other sport. But
0: uh... yeah, and he's not really fighting cupcakes. I mean, he's fighting decent guys. It's just you know not guys that. Um... Are going to prepare him for you know for that next level when he meets some resistance and he's going to meet some resistance at that next level. All
1: right, so he's well, so he, so he's basically being fed Danish, not cupcakes, but yeah, uh, okay, yeah, there we go. All, <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Let's jump back to the uh, super middleweight division. And we're talking about uh, Plant and, uh, uh, Caleb Plant, and Caleb Plant looked good, and and I agree with you. He he's been given opponents that that makes him look good. It was released earlier this week that, um, and last time we did a show, we, we talked about how Canelo, which already has the, the uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend set up in Vegas, uh, how the uh, Murata fight uh, fell apart, and then Callum Smith was the fight that everybody wanted. Well, it was released earlier this week that Callum Smith turned down the offer, which was rumored uh, to be between 10 and $12 million, and uh, Oscar De La Hoya said Smith's an idiot. Uh, Smith's promoter Hearn said we want the fight. We just turned down that initial offer, and word got out during the broadcast last night that Billy Joe Saunders was offered the fight, and he too turned it down. Does that, first of all, my my, my it's a two part question. You know, do you think that they're going to come back to Smith with a counter offer, or do you think that that's the end of it? And the second part is, does that give Caleb Plant? The opportunity to step in and would he take uh, a $10 million fight uh, to fight Canelo?
0: Hold on a second. But no, no, I'll tell him that. I think Dimitri Baval said he'd fight Canelo for a nickel and a Danish, but you know, he wasn't made an offer.
1: <laughs> <Right>. but, um, <laughs>
0: but yeah, um, those guys, um, you know, it's bad business why they turned that down. Um, you know, again, I'll revert back to the one and done in this record, you know, both of those in this, in this sport. When you get that one loss on your record, all of a sudden you're not marketable anymore. Billy Joe and Callum Smith both have that um, perfect uh, record, so I, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions. I don't know why they would take it, uh, why they would turn that down. The the Caleb Plant fight, I think that would be a decent fight. I think Canelo would dominate him. I think uh, Plant would look good early on, but you know, Canelo is just levels above. But you know, then when you go and you put into those politics, what, what you know, what are the odds that the PBC is going to allow one of their fighters, you know, to actually get beat up?
1: Right. Well, I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, is, is any of those guys. Now, now, Billy Joe Saunders also said he would fight him for free. And, and obviously that was BS. Uh, that to me is. Well, well easy... maybe
0: that's the problem here. Now I know what they did. You know, so somebody call Oscar and let him know you can't be offering guys money for fights.
1: Right. Well, you can't let the their, Uh, you can't um let the, the money get out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean Billy Joe. You know, I'll fight him for free. And you're like, no, take money, take money. You know, you can't dictate all the terms. Obviously, Billy Joe wants to fight for free.
1: Right. Exactly. Maybe that. Yeah, I mean they, the
0: excuses, Bill. They just—I—I I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? The—the they, um, um—the excuses. Well, I'll fight him for free, but no, I won't fight him for ten million. Are you right, serious?
1: Right. Right. I guess there's a big difference between free and ten million. But i i, I, I kind of—I kind of agree with uh, with Oscar De La Hoya. I think Callum Smith. Is an idiot for not taking the fight. Now I've said this before. I, I said it about um, Deontay Wilder turning down the fight with Anthony Joshua. I still believe that, uh, based on where each fighter has gone from the time that he was offered 15 million, um, I, I think Deontay had a good chance of knocking him out. Uh, yes, Deontay has fought several times, and and you know will be making a big chunk of change uh, for his rematch here. Uh, with, uh, with Tyson Fury But if it's all about money And you're offered 10 million plus It's hard to say no I mean you, you, To have a collision course To fight this guy to, to double that purse Would require Callum Smith To get another substantial win Under his belt Which would be a risky fight He's not going to get it For fighting a, a, you know, a tune-up fight So to speak
0: Of course not. I mean, um, for example, um, I said it how many times on this show in that, you know, when the uh, Wilder and Anthony Joshua talks were like really heated up and everybody was throwing back and forth how Wilder was crazy for that. And then I had said on the show several times that Anthony Joshua was crazy as well, because if he suffers a loss, all of a sudden that's going to put Wilder in the driver's seat. And I also mentioned Wilder and Fury, you know those two guys and Anthony Joshua end up being left out in the cold despite the three belts. And you know we kind of seen you know that's exactly what happened. You know uh, Anthony Joshua he suffered that loss. Not that you know he's that really hurt his career as his earning power, but you know that seems to be you know the mindset in the sport. And people take a lot of chances and they seem to hurt themselves financially. Um, you know Bernard Hopkins, did you see that little um that interview clip with Bernard Hopkins talking to Devin Haney after the Ryan Garcia fight?
1: No, I did not.
0: You know, after Brian um, Garcia, you know, was calling out Devin Haney, they got a little bit of a rivalry from their amateur days. And Bernard Hopkins actually says on there, you know, don't rush it. You guys are both young. You guys are both good. Um, you are futures of the division. But why chance it now when you can let this build up into a climax explosion you guys can really just both use. You can cash in and make that, uh, that big money. You know, and that was kind of um, – surprising to hear from uh, Bernard Hopkins. and But that's just the way the sport is going. You know, it's either they want that big money or they want no money. Well, I know. And uh, yet $10 million is big money. But you know what I mean? The, and, and nowadays, these guys, they don't want $10 million. They want $100 million.
1: But that's the fans, promoters, and network's fault for for, for making fights wait. Yes, Tommy Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard did the same thing. They were going to meet earlier on in, in their careers, and they waited. Uh, Angelo Dundee was was the one that was instrumental in saying, "Listen, we're going to definitely fight, but let's you know let's let's make it for bigger bucks." And even back then, I, I'm I'm pretty sure they each made ten million back in the '80s, which uh, the purses were were big during that era. Uh, but uh, but look at England, England.
0: You well, there know, wasn't 111 champions in every division back then. Either. No,
1: I know, I know. Um, I, you know the 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 British fighters and the fans. Are more conducive to, to boxing, and all you got to do is look at the the uh, uh, Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois fight that's set for April 11th, I believe. Two young up and coming heavyweights, uh, both on the rise, could easily follow the path uh, of Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua, the path of least resistance to a title shot. And yet they're fighting each other, and I guarantee that it's not going to hurt either one of their careers, win, lose or draw. So. Uh, I think it, it stems from what the fans are are willing to accept. And, and the, the U.S. fans are, are the ones that have been brainwashed to think that if a fighter loses, uh, they're not good anymore. I, I think, really, that that's what it is.
0: Well, the, the brainwashing and then um, the horrible selling by the commentators uh, where, um, you know, like, take last night's um, PBC card. R- really, I mean... Could could they have kissed Caleb Plant's ass anymore? No, I mean you know, I mean they they were making him seem like he was literally the greatest thing to ever step in the ring. And I'm on Twitter, and I'm seeing people you know type that in there, and and pretty much anything that the announcers say, these fans are repeating.
1: Well, Joe you know, Goosen, you know, you're
0: absolutely right right on that one. You know, Joe Goosen so far, Bill. Bring him up! Don't get me started on him. Over you know the last two or three broadcasts, I have come to the conclusion that there is not any fighter in the sport that Joe Goosen does not think is the best and is his current favorite fighter in the sport I that know. is not signed with the PBC.
1: He says it every time, and and you know the funny thing is he was saying that about uh, about Plant last night, uh, and and they were showing you all his other options, and on a little teeny uh, you know like asterisk in fine print they kept saying that Canelo Alvarez is the regular WBA champion. He he still has a belt. As a matter of fact, they incorrectly stated that he still has a light heavyweight title, which he does not. He vacated that one. But uh, anyway. Yeah, they,
0: they don't have – I mean, they're, they're, it's the mindset, Bill. I mean, um, don't have it on our thing, but um, the crowd is chanting USA, USA, like, you know, with Hacksaw Jim and uh, the Iron Sheet getting ready to go in there. And <laughs> I mentioned something about – this is 1981, and some guy on, the free, on um, Twitter – he, he practically called me a communist. Well, just because you don't love the country doesn't mean we don't love the country. You know, I, I, I don't understand something. I had to tell him it's not Bill. Well, whoever you are, I'm just yeah. like, whatever,
1: man. <laughs> well, we got the big fight next week—the rematch between Wilder and Tyson Fury. We've talked about it a lot leading up to uh, this fight, which we will be doing a post-fight immediately after the fight on Friday. I mean, on Saturday night next week. Um, but, uh, so, so I, I want to hear your breakdown and prediction. Has anything changed? I, I know that we've talked about it in the past. I mean, um, it, it was leaked out yesterday, which I, I didn't hear anywhere else that, um, Tyson Fury's looking to come in the ring between 270 and 275. I mean, is that, did you hear that anywhere?
0: Yeah, I heard that, but, um, as they would say over there, I think it's bollocks. You know, I, I think that's the Tyson Fury mind game. Um, you know, Tyson Fury, when you look at his career, you know, even though he's not a big knockout puncher, you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability to knock guys out. And um, for the majority, all his um, knockouts have been between 245, 260 pounds. You know, starting to the beginning of his career. And uh, I really don't think that he's going to come into this fight and jeopardize, you know, the biggest fight of his career. And by coming in heavy and not training, I think this is really a mind game by Tyson Fury.
1: Well, I mean, look at it this way. We all know that there's a a third fight already set up, that these guys are going to fight. Whoever wins this fight, uh, there's going to be a third fight. Thanks to the draw, it, it sets up an automatic trilogy, okay? So, the more I was thinking of it, you know, after the fights last night and then, you know, preparing for today's show, I'm saying to myself, well, could this be the excuse for Tyson Fury well you know my game plan was wrong I I focused too much on trying to knock him out in two I, I was too heavy I couldn't move I couldn't do this the next fight I'll be back to the old Tyson Fury um could that be a segue like just in case Tyson Fury doesn't come out out on top in this one
0: anything's possible it's boxing you know of course you know always um you you forgot to add in there that i don't want to make excuses but
1: right right <laughs>
0: um tyson fury though it's it, it's not his mo you know for lack of a better uh NYPD blue expression i don't know um <laughs> you know what i mean it's 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 really not tyson fury he's not a guy that makes excuses he's a guy that likes to win he's a guy that um you know, he has a big ego, and, um, you know, losing, especially getting knocked out, you know, that would really, you know, crush his ego. So, no, I, I don't think um, that that'll happen at all. But, you know, again, it, it's possible.
1: So, what's your predictions? How's this fight going to go?
0: Based on what they've done since... Um, they have a last fought, you know. Wilder, I think he's only fought a total of uh, what seven rounds. He knocked Brazil out in a round, and Luis Ortiz in or seven, eight rounds. He Ortiz in seven rounds. Um, both those rematches, both those uh, fights, offered zero in terms of where. Deontay Wilder had to work on anything, could improve anything, um, found any way that he could adjust to something that Tyson Fury troubled him with early on. The Brazil fight would have been the best opportunity considering the size. Um, You know, Fury, he's only, he's fought 14 rounds. He had that blowout of uh, Schwartz and the rugged 12 rounds against Wallen where he was cut. You know, that was what, um, almost six months ago, five months ago. So, um I don't really see much different. I think that Tyson Fury is going to come in there. He's going to box a little bit smarter. We're going to have a game of, uh, you know, it's going to be chess versus checkers, where Wilder is going to be looking to do that one move at a time, and that's going to be that big right hand. And Fury's going to box smart. He's going to um, confuse Wilder. But eventually, I think um, I Wilder is going to catch him eventually and, um, and and win this, you know, retain, retain his title. And only because, of, you know, that that freakish power that Deontay Wilder has. You know what, um... I'll just say that if it doesn't happen in eight rounds, then Fury's going to win a uh, decision. But I think is going to get him some point, sometime between the fourth and the eighth.
1: Well, what's your what's your thoughts on Tyson Fury being so adamant about going for the knockout and predicting that it would be uh, in two rounds? I mean, is is that a mind game, or do you think that he means it? I mean, it, you know, uh, based on uh, my conversation with Sal off the air, um, and he brought it up again this morning, uh, was you know some uh, which I did not see. Uh, he does look like he's working specifically on punching power, which I've always thought that he lacked. Uh, so as long as he doesn't give up his boxing ability, and should he be able to add some pop behind his punches, I could see him stopping Wilder. I, I just I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to avoid Wilder for twelve rounds like you like you think.
0: He um. He doesn't sit down on his punches. You know, he he's never sat down on his punches. Um, he suffers from a lot what the Klitschko brothers did, where the guys were always smaller than him, and it's hard to sit down on those punches. So it's not that he doesn't have the ability. He's just not a knockout type puncher. But you know, with um the camp that he's with, you know, coming out of you know uh, more or less that crunk tradition. Kronk fighters are known for their knockouts, and if that's what Tyson Fury is training for, don't be surprised if that doesn't get done. You know, that's the Kronk tradition. Look at all the Kronk greats. Not that he is, but, you know, all the Kronk greats are knockout artists. That's very possible. But, you know, yeah, it could be a great mind game because Deontay Wilder, despite the freakish power, I'm a fan of the guy. I like him. He's a wild, reckless fighter, a frustrated Overzealous fighter makes a lot of mistakes, and that could play right into Tyson Fury's hands. If you've seen their last face off, Deontay Wilder was ready to explode then. You know, imagine him just, you know, getting really reckless in that ring, coming off with those big windmill punches. Tyson Fury sitting down, landing a couple nice punches. To Deontay Wilder, who has that bad habit of sitting on the ropes and waiting for somebody to come in so he can counter with that nice right hand, and it just backfires on him. You know, that, that scenario is very plausible. I wouldn't dismiss it. I don't think it happened, but I would not dismiss it.
1: You know, it's interesting. You you say that you think that Wilder is, is letting uh, Tyson Fury get into his head. It, it almost seemed to me the opposite that. Um, that Fury, uh, you know, was successful in getting into Wilder's head for the first fight, and one of the biggest uh, things that Wilder is, is trying to combat uh, for this fight is to prevent that from happening. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think because I, I do think that Wilder's got the, the obviously, he's got the freakish one-punch uh, knockout power. And I believe that that's what he relies on, like for all his fights, you know. And I just, I just have a feeling that this fight's going to pick up where it left off. Wilder's going to be going in for the quick kill. Maybe Fury is expecting that and and hoping to catch him early, to, and that's why he's predicting the knockout. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I hope that Tyson Fury's training for twelve rounds, and I hope that you know he he doesn't have that. You know those two lapses he had uh, in the first fight, which he ended up on his on his butt one one time, flat on his back.
0: Again, anything's possible when um, somebody hits as hard as Deontay Wilder. I don't care how good of a shape how good a shape you're in, but um, Tyson Fury so far, Bill, in his career, he has not shown us that. And Tyson Fury is not the type of guy that would underestimate somebody that has already laid him on his back more than once. I mean. Again, anything's possible, but I doubt it. I really think that the strategy is to get Deontay Wilder to be more reckless than what he already is with his punches. When you know, when uh, Wilder seeks that knockout, you know, he gets that windmill style. And when somebody is bigger, of course, you know, you know that that sets up the uppercut. And Deontay Wilder does have a habit of leaning forward when he does those windmill punches, and that can be something that Tyson Fury is working on. Um, you know. Now, let me ask you is um, the camp that, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, how much of a change in his style will we see under, a, you know, under Sugar Hill?
1: That's always been my uh, argument, you know, where you take a fighter. Now, now, granted, Tyson Fury would had a new trainer for his last fight. Remember, he left his uncle and he had a new trainer. That he ditched. So theoretically, he's gonna have been going three new trainers over his last three or four fights. Maybe that's not much of an impact for him. But I've always thought that by changing that corner, that team uh, isn't a good idea later in the career, unless Tyson Fury's at that point where he thinks he's just working on specifics, and he went to Sugar Hill and Company. Uh, just to work on power. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, I, I just... It, it's. I'm curious to see uh, how this fight is, only because I, I'm I'm thinking... You know, I was so confident in thinking it was going to be similar to the first one. Now I'm saying to myself, I don't know. And and my question back to you is, you know, uh, with uh, Wilder being sloppy and, and Tyson Fury being able to catch him with a counter... Does Tyson Fury have enough hand speed to catch uh, Wilder flush enough to, to, you know, drop him on his butt?
0: Timing beats speed, and Fury has great timing. And Deontay Wilder is repetitive. If you take any Deontay Wilder fight, watch five rounds of it, and like clockwork, any time that he lands a jab... And the opponent, even if they're not hurt, they take a step back, Deontay Wilder lunges in, and he goes for that windmill. And more and more, you start seeing guys avoid those attacks. It's the straight right hand that gets them, because everybody already knows that Deontay Wilder's coming with those windmill punches. In my opinion, because he's been fighting for so long, and at his age, that's a part of his style that just can't be fixed anymore. Uh-huh. And Deontay Wilder is going to continue to make that um, make um, that mistake, and I think that Tyson Fury and team, well, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm going to uh, presume Tyson Fury and team are looking to capitalize on those mistakes that Deontay Wilder makes again and again.
1: Well, listen, Deontay Wilder displayed that he had some boxing ability, you know, using a jab and following up with power punches. Five years ago was the only time I ever saw it. And that was his first fight when he won his title against Bermain Stavern. That was in January of twenty fifteen. All right. Five years ago. Since then, Deontay Wilder has done nothing more than go in for the kill, exactly what you're describing. So I don't think that Deontay Wilder is gonna be taught anything, and if he is, he's not gonna use it because he's gonna to revert to what comes naturally. And Deontay Wilder, like I've said all along, you know his natural um, style is to go in for the kill, especially when he gets hurt. He's going to try to 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 knock you out. That's what he feels most comfortable with. It's never let him down. You hear him say it all the time. I've dropped every opponent I've ever faced. You know, um, so I, I think that that's a huge negative for him. But the question is, can Tyson Fury um, combat it? Can he? You know, he wasn't able to, to stay off the, the canvas in the first fight. Yes, he finished. He finished the fight on his feet. Um, but I, I'm not so sure if he gets dropped in this fight if the fight doesn't end. I, I I think that Tyson Fury has to stay on his feet. He can't be dropped in this fight. I, I think if he gets dropped, look for an early stoppage or something like that. Um, I, I don't think that Tyson Fury can win this fight if he hits the
0: deck. No, I, I agree because um, Wilder, when he is able to land his punch, he's going to make sure that it's the punch that counts. Deontay Wilder, you know, again I bring it up, and we spoke about this quite a few times. When you watch Deontay Wilder, he has to be sit on, he has to be perfect to land that shot. He, he all those knockouts, as impressive as they are, they're all the same style. It's always that straight right hand, and like I argue with the kids at the gym, you know, especially when they're first starting out. See, you know, bringing up you know Wilder with these bad habits, and especially when it comes to footwork. Deontay Wilder has to be planted to land that, you know. And Tyson Fury is mobile, and Tyson Fury is going to take advantage of that and keep Deontay Wilder turning. And you just have to keep him turning a little bit because Deontay Wilder has to fire that straight missile. He can't just graze the guys, and that is going to be the difference in this fight, I believe. But eventually, I think that Deontay Wilder is going to catch him. What's twelve rounds is a long time. Twelve rounds is a long time.
1: What's your official prediction before we let you go?
0: I, I say Deontay Wilder's going to get uh, by stoppage somewhere between you know the eighth and the twelfth.
1: So you're 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 picking Wilder by by stoppage between eight and twelve.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm picking Wilder by stoppage eight and between eight and twelve. You know, but, but you know. It's, and, and, and just to piss people off, Bill, you know, who watches, so, you know, they can uh, make a million comments. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and say this. If Deontay Wilder loses every single round and only lands two punches, I got Deontay Wilder winning by decision 120, 108.
1: Yeah. I, that, that, on all that's, three cards. That's the sad. You see, this is the part that drives me insane about the sport of boxing. And, you know, I think Tyson Fury is a bigger draw than Deontay Wilder. And I believe that um, you know it would be very hard if 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 Deontay Wilder loses every round and wins a decision. I think it's going to ruin his career because the first fight was so controversial, and then to have your buddy D- Goosen say that he felt that Wilder won the fight. I mean, and Brian Kenny almost flew. I thought Brian Kenny was going to throw something at him. I mean. Uh, uh, it was un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it,
0: it, was, it was preposterous. You know, just just to bring up before I go, to, and I was hoping you were going to bring this up, you know, talking about bad scoring and stuff. I'm sorry. I like Alexis Rocha. He's a great prospect. But, man, did they not rob poor Brad Solomon the other day? Uh,
1: you know, I mean, that's the problem. Friday
0: night. I mean, come on. He had one knockdown. But, I mean, the, really, one guy had it a shutout, 100 to 89. Really, Rudy Berrigin?
1: You know, well, that's what you know. That's the sad thing. Goosen was saying he knocked him down twice. I had him winning the fight. I, I, that's totally wrong, about uh, you yeah. Know, that makes
0: four rounds. So he's so all you got to do is win four rounds, right, Joe? If that yeah. was Joe Spider, he'd have a freaking um a stroke right on the at the ape.
1: You know, it just it just I think he was too, I think he was too into uh, dancing with Heidi and Joel. Uh, with uh, did did you? Did you love your your boy Lennox Lewis dressed in a I, I even said
0: last night, Bill. I even said last night. Go check our, our our feed. I even said last night. You know, I lost any little respect I had for Lennox Lewis as a commentator when he started going. Oh, he has sweet hands. <laughs> he sweet hands.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm talking but about what hands he has. I'm talking about. I'm talking about him as a, as a uh, country western singer with his cowboy hat. He looked good as a cowboy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think he stole that from, uh, what was that show? The Pee Peewee's. Uh, you know, there was a guy on Wee's Playhouse. He used to dress just like that.
1: <laughs> or, or the Blazing Saddles. You know, but uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that,
0: that, that, that's what it is. <laughs> no, it you know, that... was. The, Wilder impression because that's about how, uh, the knowledge he was showing on boxing last night. Even though he has great, you know, extensive knowledge, but you know, last night he was just really sounding like a clown. No, he, he, that, that 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 was definitely the Waco kid.
1: No, at the he table. he's a he yeah, the Waco kid. <laughs> that's who he looked like. But uh, but no, I, I think that Goosen, uh is clearly you know I don't know if you could see it if you look carefully you can see the strings because he's a PBC puppet and whatever you know they want him to say he says he's the PBC puppet you can see the strings uh activating and and operating uh Goosen uh Lennox Lewis is still Lennox Lewis he he speaks it the way it is and so does Brian Kenny so uh, yeah, I
0: mean, you know, Brian Kenny, you know, he's you know, the wrestling guy. I don't know. The, the team is horrible, but uh, maybe if they get their act a little bit together, you know, they they brighten it up a little more. You know, Bart and Waco Kid, you know, they can really put a team together of amusement on there. I I I, I don't know. Um, it could be worse. It could be Chris Mannix and. Um, and more
1: Ronaldo. Yeah, no, Ronaldo is the worst. I don't even want to mention his together, name. Together.
0: Man, Mannix and Ronaldo together.
1: But I do like that the zone's commentary. I love Sergio Mora and when uh, Brian Kenny's with them. Uh I'd love Mora. Team.
0: You know, you know what would be great if they can have a team with Mora and Rafael Mar- and uh Raul Marquez.
1: Yeah, he's good. Marquez is good. There's no question, question about that. Um, More and
0: Marquez, and uh, throw Malinagi in there, and you know what? Get rid of everybody else.
1: I don't mind. I don't mind um, uh, Timothy Bradley. I think Bradley's good. And 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 as yeah, much. Yeah, Tim's not bad either. And yeah. and Andre Ward, you know, when he's Andre, I like and When he's Dre, eh, not so much. But uh, uh, anyway, Dax, eh. we appreciate it. <laughs> well, we, we'll be talking to you as soon as the fight's over next week. We'll be doing our post-fight, and I'm looking forward to this one big time.
0: All right, everybody, enjoy your day, and I'll talk to you then.
1: All right, take it easy. That's uh, my man Dax Khan. You could check out uh, his column uh, up on uh, uh dot com. And speaking of checking out, uh, you got to make sure you check out uh, the newest from southerngourmetspice.com. dot com. You know about Kenny Bears, uh, but uh, do you know about uh, the other stuff I, I've been talking uh, about um, the uh, the new um, Uh, spices that are out there and uh, the one is the um, uh, all-purpose seasoning uh, salt that's really good Uh, but my new favorite is the cajun spice the blackened spice Uh, check it out get a bottle of that and don't forget kenny bear's barbecue rub uh, because that started it all and uh, that's uh, I'm going to try to I'm going to try to get uh, the tinkerbell uh, kenny bears commercial and and run that for you guys you you got to see uh my man kenny uh, dressed like tinkerbell uh or maybe you don't but uh check it out www.southerngourmetspice.com order yourself a dozen bottles or so now demand the billy c discount but uh uh anyway um i was going to uh uh have uh my man uh, alex uh and uh, and emily uh join us but uh uh, they uh, are not uh, appearing to be available right now. Uh, so let me get to uh, a couple of uh, emails. Uh, this first one is from my man, Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C., are you surprised uh, that Billy Joe Saunders and Callum Smith have rejected offers by the Canelo team? Uh, are they wanting to cash out? Do they want uh, what Jacobs got, which was $12 million? They don't have the boxing career name like Jacobs, and uh at max they should get 7 million in my opinion this is Jesse's per, uh opinion um he's got two other comments so i'll i'll respond to this one first i've been talking about this i am surprised um that they both uh rejected uh uh the the offer from what i understand it was uh between 10 and 12 million um i think that daniel jacobs uh, was a bigger uh, name. Uh, at least the fight's going to be in Vegas. It's, it, you know, it's a fight. Uh, you, you got to make sure you got the names in the States. Um, you know, a name in the States, I should say, and, and Daniel Jacobs certainly did. Um, from what I understand, it was uh, a similar uh, um, offer, the, the package deal. Uh, I'm shocked that Callum Smith didn't take it. Billy Joe Saunders, you know, he's a weird cat. You know, you never can tell with, with Billy Joe Saunders what, what's going on with him. Uh, he thinks very highly of himself, um, you know, generally all the time. Uh, remember, they're being uh, advised by their promoter, Eddie Hearn. So who knows what uh, Mr. Hearn said. Um, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that Callum Smith turned it down. I don't see Callum Smith making uh, that kind of money with anyone else i i mean even if he fought billy joe saunders i don't think that they could make that kind of money maybe in england maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe in england uh they can make uh big bucks but 12 million u.s uh for uh, uh Callum smith to come over and fight uh you know uh, canelo in vegas in may um to me it, it is a good is a good deal uh, especially Callum Smith didn't look all that great in his last two fights, um, you know, and, and it's a winnable fight for him. He he's a big super middleweight. I mean, yes, Canelo uh, just came uh, off of a knockout win over Sergey Kovalev at light heavyweight, um, but uh, but I, I like the matchup between Callum Smith and Canelo. Um, I I I think it, it boiled down to money. They they're trying a negotiation ploy. Um, the the problem here is that, in all fairness, Canelo Alvarez is going to get a fight, and whoever he fights, he's going to make the same money, and whoever fights him is going to make decent money. I, I don't think there's a fighter out there that's in a driver's seat against Canelo. I just don't. Uh, there is no fighter out there that could you know negotiate Canelo. Uh, to a position where he does not want to be or his team does not want to be. So, yes, uh, I am extremely surprised that Callum Smith rejected uh, the uh, the offer. That's for sure. Uh, his second uh, question is, it was an impressive uh, knockout by Ryan Garcia, but he's still being glamorized by the opposition quality, which is still not high uh, until we see him versus another similar opponent uh, like a tank uh, and and Haney, then we'll see. Uh, you know uh, how high they shake out. Uh, good win, but don't get too hyped up on him. He's still young and learning how to fight. Um, I think that uh, Ryan Garcia is a uh, is is a is a legit fighter. I think the big test. Uh, and 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 remember something, we could make that statement and make that argument about fighters and I do all the time long before B-Hop I've been saying all along the lines uh, and I actually said it to B-Hop when I interviewed him in Vegas uh, about that exact thing that fighters need to um, increase their level of opposition in order for um, them to get better but the truth of the matter is this Assuming that Ryan Garcia has been protected, although his last two fights were against decent opposition, the manner in which he's blown away his opponents is the impressive part. I think that if he was, you know, just getting by um, these, uh, you know, not so great op- opponents. Um, you could make a strong case that he needs to step up his level of opposition before he moves on to to a you know the elite or or upper echelon type fighters. I do believe he's going to be tested against Jorge Linares should that fight materialize like they plan. The only thing he's got going for him is that his last two fights he's ended quickly in the first round against good opposition. Um, if he does that. I think he's got a good chance of of getting to Linares, Jorge Linares, early in that fight, because that's Linares' weakness. He does get dropped early in fights. Generally, he responds and returns uh, to win the fight. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to to see uh, how that unfolds. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I do believe that uh, I, I do believe that. Uh, he will be tested against Linares. He says, Billy, is it better for these fighters like Ryan and Tank uh, and, excuse me, Teofimo, Lopez, etc., to develop some of what fast and young face uh, top fighters and retire young rather than to fight in their mid-30s and retire before they're 30? The big fights take too long to develop for nowadays. Um, I, I, I think what you're asking me, uh, with this question is, is it better for these guys to take on the bigger fighters earlier and then retire earlier, um, or uh, should because the the bigger fights take too long to materialize? Um, I, I just think that for the sport of boxing and for the fighters, listen, there's two reasons you become a pro- professional fighter. You're doing it for the for the historical aspect, the history book, so to speak. Or, or, or you're doing it for the money, okay? And anytime I've ever managed a fighter, I always ask them, what are you doing? Why do you want to be a fighter? And there's only two answers, in my opinion. They're going to say, I want to be a world champion, or they're going to say, I want to make the money. If they say, I want to make the money, I tell them, I'm not the guy for you. And the reason I say this is because it's extremely hard for a fighter to make big bucks in the sport of boxing. Unless you have the right team, and you and they position you, and and you actually have the talent to back it up. Um, you're you got a tough road um, to you know uh, make the big bucks. It's very far and few in between. So to want the legacy over the the dollars is the correct answer for me anyway. Uh, in order to be that guy, to to be able to. You know, uh, leave a legacy behind. Become a world champion. Uh, become what other fighters look up to. Uh, is you do have to increase your level of opposition on your way up. And I'm not saying that you have to be in knockout, drag out, killer matchups uh, from your pro debut all the way up. I'm saying what you need to do is you start off slow. You get the right opponents. You build up some confidence. You you learn. And you increase your level of opposition. And when you blow away that opponent, you step it up to the next one. And what you do is when you get to that next level and you don't blow him away, but you get the win or it's a close fight or it's a split decision or something like that, or God forbid you even lose, you stay at that level until you blow them away, until you dominate. Then you're ready for the next level. And that's how you get better. You increase slightly every single fight and and you get better and better and better you know um you know uh ryan made a uh, a good point Uh, i mean i'm sorry jesse made a good point before what he said um that you know these fighters are looking great against not so great opposition now ryan garcia last night he did or friday night he did fight a decent opponent and blew him away the fight before that in Vegas, he did fight a decent opponent and blew him away. You know, so he is fighting decent opposition, um, and he's blowing them away. That's why I give that kid uh, a, a little asterisk. But for the most part, the general rule uh, would be to uh, steadily increase your level of opposition uh, in order to uh, in in order to get better. At least that's the way. That's the formula to become. You know a, a a historical figure in the sport of boxing um next email here is um uh from my man coach and uh coach says uh hey billy C, once again you're once again you're johnny carson johnny carson i you, you have to be coaching myself's age to even know who johnny carson is or older Uh, Mirroring Karnak the Magnificent, which was one of my favorite characters that Johnny Carson did, um, his predictions have come true. Today, Give Me Sport listed their top uh, 50 fighters of the 21st century. And as you so rightly predicted, Manny Pacquiao finished ahead of Millennials' favorite and self-proclaiming the best ever Floyd Mayweather. Now, I had said that he would be behind him on my list so this is good to see that another list uh, has it he says i agree and see your uh equation of whis- risk versus reward the level of competition with who and when opponents were fought and in the mayweather case avoided squarely set uh than artistic uh mayweather sh- uh, securely behind uh uh pacquiao at number two um give me sport dot com the top fifty fighters of the twenty first century. If you want to check it out, uh, but I printed it out, and it, it's it's a it's a pretty strange top fifty. I got to be honest. The top three, Manny Pacquiao, number one, which I totally agree with, and we're talking twenty first century, so that's the two thousands. Okay, so the we're in twenty years. We're in our twentieth year of the twenty first century. Manny Pacquiao, number one. Floyd Mayweather, uh, number two, and Triple G at number three. Now, uh, you know, I, I, I love Triple G. I don't know if he's really number three uh, in, in, the, in the 2000s because there's some other names that f- fought in the 2000s that are on this list, like Mike Tyson. He's number six. Like Roy Jones Jr., he's number four. Like Vlad- Vladimir Klitschko, he's number five. Um, Lennox Lewis, number seven. Oscar De La Hoya, number eight. B-Hop, number nine. Um, B-Hop, I would have thought would have been up there. I, I mean, I, I like Lennox Lewis, um, but uh, I don't know if he, number seven. Uh, you know, we're talking pound for pound, so heavyweights. Yeah, I'm not even arguing that. Uh, just don't. I just don't want to admit that to Dax Khan that Lennox is a top ten heavyweight all time uh, when we first met. More than a decade ago, I, I disputed that fiercely, but uh, um, I've softened up a bit on that. Um, Roy Jones is the guy that I question. Now, Roy Jones Jr. was a great fighter. There was no question about it, but Roy Jones did not fight the best of the best. He really didn't. He looked fantastic doing it, but he was, he was similar to Floyd Mayweather in picking the right opponents I give him credit for winning the heavyweight title um you know people criticize John Ruiz uh, beating John Ruiz but John Ruiz was a legitimate heavyweight champion there was a statistics about him where um uh, I think his last 10 or 12 fights were all against either former world champions or number one rated heavyweights um so, I mean, this guy was better than people give him credit for, and Roy Jones beat him, you know. So, um, but, but some of the puzzling ones, how about Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. we're talking about at number 22. Uh, he has to be up near the top, but this is even more puzzling. How about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. only 10 spots behind him at number 32, Uh, I also think Carl Frotch should have been up uh, a little closer to the top. He's at number 30. The same with Ricky Hatton at number 31. Uh, Because remember, there's only one Ricky Hatton. And uh, I love Ricky Hatton. I was surprised that Pavlik made it to the top 50. He's at number 40. I'm surprised that David Lemieux made it at number 50. And to tell you the truth, I'm surprised Brian Valoria... At number 48 wasn't at a higher ranking I thought that he should be at a higher ranking so it's pretty interesting uh to see the names on this list I'll read them real quickly Manny Pacquiao number one Floyd Mayweather number two Triple G number three Roy Jones number four Vladimir Klitschko number five Mike Tyson number six Lennox Lewis number seven Oscar De La Hoya number eight Bernard Hopkins number nine Joe Calzaghe number 10 Miguel Cotto number 11 Canelo Alvarez number 12 Vasily Lomachenko number 13 uh two two fighters that should be closer to the top we're in the we're in the 21st century now and these guys are still going strong so um Trinidad number 14 Andre Ward number 15 Kovalev number 16 Juan Manuel Marquez number 17 Vitali Klitschko number 18 Marco Antonio Barrera number 19 Eric Morales number 20 Anthony Joshua, number 21. Like I said before, Julio Cesar Chavez, Sr., number 22. Sugar Shane, number 23. Tyson Fury, number 24. Terrence Crawford, number 25. Deontay Wilder, number 26. I don't think so. He's a great uh, heavyweight knockout artist, but as an all-time great fighter, mm, I don't know. Roman Gonzalez, number 27. Amir Khan, 28. Nonito Donaire 29. Uh, Carl Frotch, number 30. Ricky Hatton, 31. Julio Cesar Chavez, Jr., which shocks me—he's even on this list, number thirty-two. Timothy Bradley, and by the way, he—he he wants to make another comeback, and he's also releasing an album with him singing all his favorite tunes. Uh, That's—I uh, don't know. Timothy Bradley, number thirty-three. Sergio Martinez, who's making a comeback at forty-five, at number thirty-four. Danny Garcia, at number thirty-five. And by the way, I found um, two uh, uh, interviews with Danny Garcia. Um, I believe from 2008 that I did, uh, which uh, I will play uh, uh, back um, uh, soon. Olexander uh, Yusik number 36. Pavetkin number 37. Mikael Kessler, number 38. Rigandau, 39. Pavlik, number 40. Billy Joe Saunders, 41. Marcos Medina, number 42. Tomas Adamak, number 43. Jermaine Taylor, number 44. Interesting cat. Jermaine Taylor on his way up to... Uh, winning the world middleweight title um, was pretty pretty good and then once he lost his title he's never been the same I still think he's in jail right now but Dennis Ledebev number 45 Hamed number 46 Kubat Pulov number 47 surprising one there uh, Brian Veloria, number 48 Arthur Abraham 49 and like I said David Lemieux at number 50 uh, some other news I mentioned that the uh, Daniel uh, Dubois and uh, uh, the Joe Joyce fight is set for April 11th. Interesting matchup uh, between these two heavyweights. I'm looking forward to this fight. Um, I believe that it's uh, it's it really shows you um, how good and well-knowledgeable uh, the Brits are when it comes to the sport of boxing. Because whoever loses this fight uh, is not going to be hurt. Their career is not going to be hurt. Um, 69 and six was uh, Daniel Dubois' uh, uh, amateur record, and uh, Joe Joyce uh, also had uh, a decent uh, amateur record uh, as he uh, uh, was in uh, uh, fought um, in the uh, a, uh, the uh, uh, national ABA national championships in 2012 and European championships uh, in 13. He fought um in the uh, all the championships, European, the Commonwealth uh, AIBA World Championships in, in uh, 2015. he also fought uh, in the won a silver medal a silver medal in the uh, Olympics in 2016. Um, he uh, fought in the World Series of boxing. Um, you know, he's got an extensive amateur career as well. Um, so I, I mean, I, I love the matchup. Uh, two undefeated heavyweights going at it. We'll talk more about that matchup as uh the time gets closer uh but speaking of matchups uh let's get right to it i'm gonna give you my thoughts on the big fight next weekend don't forget to tune in here approximately six minutes after the big fight next weekend we will be doing a live post fight show uh for the post Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury rematch uh it's a well anticipated fight uh as we all know there is a third fight already signed uh, because they got the draw the first time out, um, they uh, uh, they already have a, a trilogy set. Now this 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 fight is a tough one for me to to pick. Um, I, you know, I, I feel that you know we'll start off with Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is a one trick pony. All right, I mean make no mistake, he's a one trick pony. All he has is a power right hand. Now, with that said, that's all he needs is a power right hand. That's all he's needed to this point in his career. Uh, He's got a record of 42 wins, 41 coming by knockout, no losses, and one draw. Uh, He's had 43 professional uh, fights in his career, 41 of them by knockout. The only two um, fights that he went to distance with was his... uh, title win against Bermain Stavern five years ago uh, on January 17th in 2015 and his fight his first fight with Tyson Fury um, when I look at Deontay Wilder's uh, record and his resume I should say um, he won the title against Bermain Stavern. now at that time people were thinking Bermain Stiverne was a good fighter so we gave Deontay Wilder credit for winning that But as time unfolded, I've taken that credit away. I say that because uh, Stavern was not very good. Never trained, never tried, was lucky to win the title. So of his 43 professional fights, I give him credit for four big wins. Now, the Johan Duopas fight... They gave him a knockout. I, you know, Eric Molina, he, he got that knockout. Both fighters should have been taken out sooner, although Duopods displayed uh, a granite chin in, in that fight, but he was so slow and just a human punching bag. But the fights that I give um, Deontay Wilder credit for was both his fights against Luis Ortiz, even though Ortiz was as old as he is, 100. Um, and I, I give him credit for the Ariola fight, and the Artur Spitzka fight. Now, here's the reasons. Chris Ariola had been in there with a lot of tough fighters, and he's a tough fighter, and Deontay Wilder knocked him out and ate. Chris Arriola basically couldn't continue. I give Deontay Wilder credit for that fight. I also give him credit for Artur Spitzka. Now, since then, and since that devastating knockout, which I thought that he, he killed Spitzka, you know, uh, Spitzka hasn't been too successful, but Going into this fight, he was at the time, with the exception of Stavern, the only top ten ranked fighter that that Deontay Wilder had fought. Luis Ortiz, you can't not give him credit for that. But when you look at the rest of his record, Dominic Brazil, I thought was going to give him uh, a much better, um, you know, uh, uh, fight than he did. Um, you know, I, I will, uh, uh, I will, you know. Take the heat. I thought that Brazil was going to give Wilder uh, a much tougher fight, and he didn't. Wilder dispatched him in in a round and pretty brutally. Uh, so we look at Deontay Wilder, one-trick pony, knockout puncher. It hasn't failed him yet. Um, you know he's six foot seven. Uh, he's given up two inches in this fight. He's got an eighty-three inch reach. Given up two inches of reach. He's currently ranked at number two in the world. Um, you know. He's behind Anthony Joshua, which I agree with. I agree with his ranking. I I, I wouldn't have a problem flip-flopping him and Tyson Fury. Or actually, no, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't mind putting Tyson Fury at number two and Deontay at number three, but I'm okay with Deontay at number two as well. I think it's it's pretty close. Um, he won the title against the Verne. Uh, he hasn't lost uh, since. As a matter of fact, he's never lost. Um, you know... I, 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 the way I see him fighting is I think he's picking up. Well, let me, let me go back to Tyson Fury. Let me, let me break him down, uh, as well. Tyson Fury, three years younger at 31 years old. Deontay's 34. Um, he's ranked at number four in the heavyweight division. You know who's ranked at number three by the computer, uh, in the heavyweight division? Which is, which is pretty shocking to me. Um, Usyk, Usyk fought one time as a heavyweight, and he fought, uh, you know, a fighter that's not even shouldn't even be in, in the mix. There's no way Usyk should be ranked at number three by the computer. I'm sorry, I think the top three is Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, and Tyson Fury, and I would not argue with anyone flip-flopping those top three in any one of the positions. If somebody told me Deontay Wilder was ranked number one, I, I really couldn't argue with that. You know, Anthony Joshua does have a loss. Um, Tyson Fury and Deontay don't. They have draws, but they don't have a loss. Um, but Anthony Joshua has fought to tougher opposition than both Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury uh, ranked number four. He's got a two-inch uh, and uh, two-inch arm and height advantage. He's got an 85-inch length uh, reach and a six-foot-nine uh, height. Uh, i also believe that that has been an issue for all these monster fighters that they generally don't fight they're not used to fighting fighters that are bigger than them uh deontay wilder uh, is given up more than two inches in height he's given up you know 40 pounds in weight as well at least it depends how much uh Tyson Fury comes in if there's truth behind the fact that he's shooting to come in at two, between 270 and 275. The heaviest he's ever been is uh, 276 pounds after a three-year laid off, layoff when he stepped in the ring against the Sarifi, uh, and he knocked him out in four rounds. Um, when I look at Tyson Fury's record, as much of a fan I am of Tyson Fury, um, you know, I, he hasn't fought tough guys either. Uh, I mean, he fought Derek Chisora twice. I give him credit for that. I give him credit for fighting Kevin Johnson. Now, before you say anything, he fought Kevin Johnson in 2012. Okay, that's eight years ago. Um, And Kevin Johnson was, was a formidable foe at that time. He, since then, has become an opponent. But Kevin Johnson, at one point, was the number one ranked heavyweight. I thought for sure that Kevin Johnson was going to be the next big heavyweight uh champion. He let me down um because, you know, he just he would rather survive than than take a risk. But I do give Tyson Fury credit for beating him. Although Steve Cunningham had an impressive record, Steve Cunningham moved up in weight and remember Cunningham rocked Tyson Fury. I give him credit for beating Chisora the two times, Vladimir Klitschko, and I personally think that he beat Deontay Wilder. I I I don't believe that that um decision was justified. I really don't. And just because uh, you know theoretically losing every round except the two rounds that you knock a guy down um does not give you the win. I'm sorry, or even a draw. Um but uh 29 0 and 1 um he uh you know 30 fights Uh, He's got a 66.67% knockout ratio, 186 rounds as a pro, uh, 40 rounds more than Deontay. But Deontay, he's got a 95.35% knockout ratio, just about 30% more knockouts in his fights. Uh, And he's had, um, you know, uh, um, he's had um, 13 more fights than than Tyson Fury. So, um, but uh, in any event... um, You know, I look at this fight and and I say to myself, okay, where's it going to pick up? Is it going to pick up where the first fight left off? Um, I think in Deontay Wilder's mind, it is. I think Deontay Wilder, you know, he tasted the blood, so to speak. He dropped Tyson Fury not once but twice in that fight, in the first fight. And in addition to that, um, he also... uh, uh, almost had him knocked out, uh, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't come in confident uh, and say to himself, well, I know I can drop this guy. I'm going to knock him out, um, you know. So I, I I I just have this feeling that Deontay Wilder will come in, um, you know, uh, I, I do think Deontay Wilder is coming in to to pick up where he left off. My man Joel is is paying the bills this month. He just gave me another super chat. He wants to know what I think of the undercard of of this fight. Not very much. I think it's a terrible undercard, Joel. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I I'm extremely disappointed that uh, we're getting a, a pay per view. Um, you know to um, you know. I, I, I just for a pay-per-view fight, we should uh, we should have a better uh, a better uh, undercard. I, I think you know, um, I I don't know, but uh, Deontay Wilder, I think he's going to come into this fight exactly the way he did towards the second half of the first fight. Wilder is a one-trick pony. He's got a knockout punch. That's probably the best in the heavyweight division. I, I would I would say it is the best in the heavyweight division. But that's it. No defense. No footwork. He displayed it against uh, Um But Tyson Ferry doesn't have a granite chin. And I think he plays into wildest hands. I'm not buying the I'm going to knock him out in two. I, I, I'm not buying it. Because every fighter that has ever been so confident that they're going to knock, with the exception of Muhammad Ali that they were going to knock out a fighter when they said they were. They train as if that's all the fight's going to go. If Tyson Fury truly is coming in heavier than he was in his last fight against uh, Wilder, which incidentally he weighed 256 and a half pounds, and I thought that that proved to be a good weight for him. And if I recall correctly, Deontay Wilder came in light. He came in lighter than his previous fight, which um, I would have thought, the opposite I would have thought Deontay might have tried to come in a little heavier but you know if he if he if the game plan was for Deontay to box a little more I could see him coming in light but he abandoned that and he's got a great trainer in Mark Breland Uh, so you know I just have to believe that Deontay just doesn't listen to the instruction that he gets from Breland during the fight I, I think that Wilder goes to what's comfortable to him and what's comfortable to Deontay Wilder is his power. It has never let him down. Tyson Fury knows this. Uh, I, you know, Tyson Fury is a great boxer. He ties you up, he lands punches, um, he leans on you, uh, he gets you uh, out of your game plan. How's this fight going to go? Well, I, I think that if Deontay Wilder was smart, and I don't think he is, I don't think Deontay Wilder is a smart cat at all. Um, I, I feel bad for Deontay Wilder because he w- never got with a good promoter. They, they they failed him. His team has failed him. The one thing I love about Deontay Wilder is his loyalty. He's been loyal to his to his team, and I respect that. Loyalty means a lot to me personally. And you know, and as a guy outside the ring, I, I've I've witnessed Deontay Wilder um, be a, a good father to to his daughter. Um, so I, you know, I, I want to believe that. The persona that Deontay portrays um, is his only way of self-promotion because he doesn't have a good promoter. Um, But at at the end of the day, if Deontay was smart, um, what I would do is I would, and if I was involved with Wilder, um, I would try to get Deontay Wilder to fight uh, Tyson Fury the way Otto Wallen did. And the way Otto Wallen fought him was that he did not get sucked in to Tyson Fury letting Otto Wallen dictate the action. Deontay Wilder is going to love to dictate the action, just like he did in the first fight. That's Tyson Fury's strength. His strength is to coax you into attacking him so he can unleash his boxing ability, tie you up, land a couple of shots here and there, get out of harm's way. That's how Tyson Fury is successful. In the Otto Wallen fight, he was not successful. He looked terrible. Okay, he had a grotesque cut, but this, but still, you know, Wallen stayed true to his game plan and did not chase uh, Tyson Fury around. And Tyson Fury had to be the lead dancer, and he didn't look that good. If I'm Deontay Wilder, that's the fight plan I come up with. I try not to rush in. I give Tyson Fury something he's not expecting. Tyson Fury is expecting uh, Deontay Wild to do to do what we all expect Deontay Wilder to do, and that's to go in there and try and take his head off. And if Deontay Wilder connects, the fight could be over quickly. There's no question about it. Um, But Tyson Fury is expecting that. Deontay Wilder should mix it up. He should not go and attack Tyson Fury. He should let Tyson Fury, force Tyson Fury to come into him, and maybe Wilder catches him uh, with a shot. Um, as far as, uh, who's going to win this fight? Well, listen, you know, I know a lot of people are saying Tyson Fury is going to win the fight and I'm a big Tyson Fury fan. I have been after his second pro fight. I've seen every one of his fights. Um, and I'm not a fan of Deontay Wilder because I don't like fighters that possess zero skill, but in the heavyweight division, power is all you need. And that's what makes the heavyweight division so exciting. Because at any given time, somebody could get knocked out. And I am kind of leaning towards what um, both Sal and Dax predicted. I will be rooting for Tyson Fury. There's no question. But I have a feeling that Deontay Wilder will catch up with Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury has a suspect chin. Uh, USS Steve Cunningham rocked him. He was dropped twice in the first Wilder fight. I think he'll be prepared. He'll be coming in more defensively, defense-minded. Uh, but I think Wilder, providing he's in top physical condition, uh, will wear him down. I do believe that Wilder will um, catch him. I, I, I don't think that Tyson Fury has the punching power to um, you know get to Wilder before Wilder gets to him. Now, with that said, the asterisk is Sugar Hill. If Sugar Hill could bring out punching power, and Deontay Wilder, although he has displayed a a better chin lately than he did uh, several years ago, I still believe that he has a suspect chin as well. And if Tyson Fury could add a little more pop to his punch and catch Wilder, like Dak suggested, the possibility of a counterpunch, that would be great. Tyson Fury does have a really good uppercut. It's probably one of his best punches. The one thing I would like to see Tyson Fury do a little differently is try to work the body. You know, people are so scared of of Tyson Fury's punching power that they never work the body. They go after that chin that they think is suspect. If Tyson Fury wants to mix it up a little, tie up Wilder, get in close. I think that uh, Wilder needs uh, a full extension. He needs that space. To inflict the punching power I don't know if he can get the leverage uh, That Tyson Fury can get um, In close and, and if I'm Tyson Fury I work that body I work the body uh, I'll be rooting for Tyson Fury And I would not be shocked If he wins um, But I believe Wilder wins The second fight by stoppage There will be a third fight The only reason why I, I am in leaning towards Wilder To win this fight is because I believe Tyson Fury will use the game plan of knocking out Wilder as his excuse of why he gets knocked out. Now, should he win the fight? Should Tyson Fury win this fight by stoppage? He will win the third fight, too. Uh, If Tyson Fury wins this fight by decision, going to the trilogy will be interesting. I believe that would turn into a, a, a 50-50 fight with even Wilder uh, having the advantage uh, in that one. Um, uh, I know it sounds uh, you know different than probably what other people are saying, but uh, I like uh, this fight. I'm clearly looking forward to it. Uh, I do believe that uh, Wilder will catch up with him, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope Tyson Fury gives him another boxing lesson, stays on his feet, either stops Wilder or wins a unanimous decision, Uh, I don't see Deontay Wilder being able to, um, you know, uh, uh, match up with him in terms of skill. So uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, So listen, remember, boys and girls, we will be doing a post-fight show immediately after uh, this fight next week. So uh, make sure you tune in here uh, for your uh, post-fight comments. We may even open up the phone lines uh, and get your thoughts uh, uh, on the fight. But uh, all I know is it's, uh, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I think it's close to a 50-50 fight. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, the undercard is less than desirable. I'm disappointed, but it's just a, a, another reason... Uh, why boxing uh, is losing uh, uh, its, uh, its luster. That's for sure. So listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in right after the fight next week, right here on the same bat channel that you're on. And it's going to be a different day and different time. But uh, uh, until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.